What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to break down the investment case for Peloton. I recently bought stock in the company last week. Um, they're on my list of really high quality companies that I've been following um, that during this macroeconomic sort of crisis, I've been looking for you know ideas that are on sale to take a long-term position in. And so one of these companies on my short list um, is Peloton. I have barely talked about it um, ever on the channel, but I've been getting super deep into it, researching, uh, learning a ton about uh, exercise bikes and at-home workouts. And so I wanted to share with you guys my long-term thesis of Peloton. I'm still not totally sold on the company, but I think this has huge potential. I'm um, sort of a rare sweet spot of like product market fit, really well-done company, really well-done brand, significant uh, runway for growth, digitizing an industry that hasn't seen much innovation or digitization um, ever really. So anyway, with all that, let's just get into it. I whipped up like a 30 slide uh, presentation. I'll put this on hyperchange.com blog post about this. If you want to download it, check it out. Um, but anyway, so this is what I'm sure you all think of when you think of Peloton, this girl taking the selfie, the viral Super Bowl ad where like they, they tried to make it seem like this guy got his wife or his girlfriend a Peloton machine. But then, then there was like these undertones of like he was telling her to work out. Anyway, it goes viral, becomes a meme. And that's sort of when Peloton really came on my radar is I was like, oh, doesn't my cousin have one of those bikes? Um, and then I started thinking more and more at the company and they recently IPO'd $8 billion valuation. Um, and I was just, you know, like, okay, what is this? What's all the hype? And I think behind this sort of viral Super Bowl ad behind this, like, oh, is that a $2,000 stationary bike that you don't need? Uh, sort of like, you know, haterade on the company is a truly inspiring growth story that I think is scratching the surface on a huge trend, which I want to invest in, which is health and fitness. People taking that more seriously, investing more time into it. You know, my whole theory about investing in a future you believe in, I think companies making it easier for you to work out. Um, like I was watching this interview with the Peloton CEO and he starts by asking the audience, how many of you get as many workouts as you would like in on an average week? Like, are you meeting your personal workout quota? And I think for me, it's no. I think for a ton of people, it's no. So they're ta Peloton is really a company at a high level that's tackling this problem of how do we get you to work out? How do we get you to reach your fitness goals easier and better and really have the best personalized boutique fitness experience at home? So anyway, that is what it is. Long-winded way. Here's Peloton. Dope logo. Big fan. Um, just to start with analyzing the company, let's break down the revenue and then go uh, there and to how that translates about the business. So rapid revenue growth. We're looking at a venture-backed company founded just seven or eight years ago, 219 million in sales, fiscal 17. Their fiscal year ends in June. So this fiscal 19 year um, ended at the end of June 2019, 915 million in revenue, over 100% growth, actually accelerating. So you can see literally in seven years, um, now they're over a billion dollar revenue run rate, explosively growing company. Here it is by quarter, um, just to show you, but these numbers show you like, everyone's like, oh, Peloton, is that a fad? Is this a tiny market? Well, you can see this is a company that just four or five years ago was doing 60 million in revenue, about to cross a billion, clearly doing something right. So let's see what they're generating these sales from. Okay, so this is the revenue breakdown. Peloton is a combination of a hardware play mixed with software. Um, so you can see about 78% of their sales are from hardware devices. We're gonna get into what those are, the bike, the tread. And then they have 21% of their revenue for software. And a big thing that their CEO and their management team is saying, in, in a lot of ways, their business model in this entire hardware, that bike and that tread, is really just a subsidy to take care of the marketing cost because then you pay for a recurring subscription. And this is really the long-term business model. This is the value, is thinking about Peloton as these hardware sales driving this highly recurring, highly profitable software revenue. And so, I mean, it's super sticky. One thing that Peloton reps constantly on their investor calls is their monthly churn is under 1%. So the biggest pushback I've got from homies, from people that I tell this to, is they're like, Peloton's a fad. Like these expensive workout bikes, there's always a 
another fad in working out. Sure, um, but the data is just not showing us this. The data is showing us that Peloton is breaking the industry norms with a churn of about 0.7% per month, which is one of the best in the entire fitness industry. So that shows not only are people buying these bikes, but they're engaging with these bikes, they're using these bikes, and they're actually working out more and more on these bikes. And so that metric of engagement to me um, is really key evidence that this thesis and story from a business level is working out. We're going to get onto more of that. So let's just talk about the hardware, 78% of revenue. What, what is uh, Peloton selling here? These bikes, literally a stationary bike. Um, and so workout gear, when you think about it, really hasn't changed for decades. There hasn't been much innovation here since the internet hit, since software uh, started eating the world. And that's really what Peloton is here. It's, it's a bike, as you can see, but the big difference is just like a Tesla is a car with like an iPad, a Peloton is a bike with an iPad. And this screen uh, is transformative to the experience of the bike because it really allows you to participate in these subscription classes, live classes, um, this sort of community class content piece of, of Peloton is a very misunderstood thing. And that's what a, a critical thing that what sets them apart is like, you're not just buying a bike to work out on, you're buying into this community of workouts, amazing teachers, you know, all this knowledge to help you get the most out of this and really meet your fitness goals. So I think um, it's really cool, but basically a bike with an iPad um, and they sell us for $2,245. Um, the tread, $4,295. They just launched this super high-end treadmill. Um, so you can see very similar concept to the bike. I know what you're thinking. What like two 2.2 grand for a bike is insane. But if you go to their website, they actually have eight zero uh, percent financing for three years, and it's about 50, 60 bucks to pay for the bike on an on a monthly basis. Um, if you if you finance it, and if you pay for like the thirty dollars a month of subscription fees on top of that, you're looking at about an eighty dollars all in monthly cost. So that's one thing. When I see, show these sticker prices, and you're like, oh, the tread for four grand, the bike for two and a half grand. You might think that's an insane amount, but if you break it down for the lifetime of that product, and you use it, and you're doing classes, and you're getting this amazing personalized boutique fitness experience for eighty bucks a month, um, you know that's that's probably half the price of what you'd pay for a luxury gym in New York City. So the comparable all in cost relative to if you're paying to do classes or doing all of that stuff is actually pretty cheap. And we're gonna get into more of those numbers to show you how big that market is. But I think that's a big thing people don't realize is that when you actually compare this cost to the cost of an expensive gym membership um, with classes, it's actually cheaper and not, not that crazy expensive. So that's part of the, the value proposition, hardware revenue, pretty much growing just in line with their other revenue. This is the main piece of their business. Um, as you can see, they launched the tread in Q2 2019. So that was a step up, a huge, the biggest expansion um, of their product lineup. And I think that's a big idea of Peloton here is it's not just the bike, it's not just the tread, it's what they do next and this sort of continual evolution of this whole product line and product family they're building on an annualized basis. Here's what we're looking at hardware revenue from 184 million to 719 million in two years. I mean, this is pretty unbelievable execution. Um, and now let's go to the software piece. This is what that digital layer is and not just software. They also, they, so I'm showing this here because you can also get classes that you take on the Peloton, but their new big push here is the Peloton digital side classes um, that you don't even need a Peloton to do. And they're getting in things like here, it's, I don't know, yoga or strength. Um, different things that you would do without your Peloton. So it's they're also launching a third sort of workout app, um, which is a part of all of this. And so this is the Peloton app. You're passed to thousands of live and on-demand classes anywhere. Um, and you can download it. It's got 4.9 stars in the app store. This is huge. And so this is a big piece of their growth strategy is originally Peloton was just like, you get the bike, you pay 30 bucks a month on top of it to get to work access to all these classes. And now they're like, wait, like only a million people have the bike. 
what about all the, like the tens of millions of people who are working out who would love to check out these classes who would love to do yoga like this is a huge expansion opportunity to launch a sort of encompassing fitness app that can be used as a standalone product um and so that's what they've been working on and launching they've been tweaking the pricing it's a 90-day free trial it's only 12.99 a month and so um there's sort of this weird convergence happening behind the scenes of peloton but i think at its core what you have peloton this is the sort of content creation side of the company they have a studio in new york city um where they are producing about 950 classes a month i believe of live content or, or it's uh, they have a live audience in the content when they film it i don't i think they do live streams of classes as well but they say that gives it a very unique energy and so peloton is as much as a bike company as much as a software company and content company all tied into one that's why i think it's really hard to understand but i think this is a key key moat and they have huge economies of scale because now that they're building this community these sort of like fitness teacher influencers can do keep doing bigger and bigger classes they, they've hit the nail on the head of scaling boutique fitness without needing to be there so that's why this is as much about a, like a work from home work remotely sort of internet company um you know leveraging the internet to stream these classes as it is like a, a physical product company if that makes sense and so i think they're setting up for um i was just listening to this presentation they did at goldman sachs conference a couple months ago the CFO is talking about how they sort of had like temporary workout studios now, and they're building these crazy new state-of-the-art studios with like four different rooms. They can do strength training, yoga training, bike classes, tread classes to pump out an absurd 50% more content than that 950 uh, uh, live audience classes per month. So in the background of all of this product hardware, you have this content company. And now combining that, this is a really interesting slide. And I thought this was unbelievable when I saw this. So connected fitness subscribers is people with the tread or the bike paying for that monthly subscription the quarterly workouts or the workouts that those people are doing the average workout in q2 fiscal 20 was 12.6 times per month up from 9.7 times per month i don't know if they're going to keep being able to show people this metric because they can't like people can't keep working out more and more forever but i thought that was unbelievable unbelievably impressive they have a community of 712,000 people growing 100 percent year over year doubling doing on average 12.6 workouts per month i mean this is a real huge community um, and, and to me, it sh this is the, the key data that shows that their model is working is that people are using the bike, coming back, doing more and more workouts out of it. So this software revenue is explosive. It's what you'd think when you think of a software recurring business model, super uh, every single quarter, setting record numbers, 77 million the last quarter, going to soon cross a 400 million annualized run rate of just software business. So um, I, and I think this is, you know, when you think, listen to their CEO and, and CEO talk, they're like, the hardware costs are to subsidize the software. So this is really like the juicy margin piece of the business that you're paying for is this software side. And you could almost say like a software company doing 400 million growing 100%, like that's almost justifying a seven or $8 billion valuation if you go at the current price sales multiples that some of these companies are getting just for the software side of the business. But anyway, it's another way to think about it annualized basis, software revenue more than doubling every single year, 181 million fiscal 19. My guess is fiscal 20, they'll be like three, 350, and then well over 400 in fiscal 2021. They have an other revenue line, which is mostly just apparel. I actually emailed the IR team to see if this was like, they have like ropes and little weights. Um, if that was in this category, I think it is. So that revenue also doing well, um, more than doubling 15 million, but a very small 2%. Of their overall business so what is the future of peloton um let's start with the addressable opportunity um right now peloton is trading about 22 23 bucks a share that's why i bought it it's trading about 25 now it's about a seven billion dollar market cap and so the question is can they justify a seven billion dollar market cap i think it's easy with just the products they have they don't really need to innovate and they could significantly justify the valuation that they have let's put this into perspective according to peloton's s1 filing um in the countries they're currently active in which is the us uk canada and germany 
Um, there's about 190 million people who are paying for fitness classes or memberships. Um, so that's like their target market. Or, or actually, no, that's about, there's 90 million people in those regions paying for fitness memberships, 190 million of those people around the world. But uh, these four regions are like the sort of highest per capita density of who's working out. US, UK, Canada, Germany. So that's where Peloton is at this moment. In those markets, they estimate that there are 75 million active treadmills and 27 million active stationary bikes that are active and being used um, during last year. On an annual basis, there's 5 million treadmills sold um, and 3 million stationary bikes sold in these markets for just in-home use. Now, it is important to note, the building I'm in right now, they even have a gym and then a Peloton gym that you have to pay more for. So that's a totally di different market is like companies like Equinox buying this equipment. But that's just at home. So just to put that in context, if they captured all of these sales, which I know they're not because I know they're a premium luxury product, but just to ballpark it, if we assume 5 million treadmills times 3,000 a treadmill, which assumes they're going to launch a lower price tread, which I'll get to in a sec, um, that's a $15 billion, market, $15 billion treadmill opportunity in just the markets they're currently in. We did the same calculation for the bike, 3 million times 2,000. There's a $6 billion bike opportunity in those markets we're just in. Another way to think about this opportunity is let's just you know, what about the profit stream? What about that juicy software revenue line that's all uh, where all the profits are going to come from? Well, if we get 10 million people subscribing on an average price of $12.99 a month, that's $1.6 a year in, in this high margin software uh, gross profit. So that's another way to think about the addressable market for Peloton. But I think those are two horrible ways to think about the company. And the most important thing that we should have been talking about that I haven't brought up yet is this. This is a picture of the Peloton team um, that they posted on their Kickstarter page. So they're an OG 2013 Kickstarter. I feel like I have a soft spot for any company that starts on Kickstarter, just grassroots. Um, but And they had this whole vision. It's incredible to see them get to this place in IPO. But who is that in the right corner there in the white shirt? That's John Foley, the CEO, owner, operator, founder, started the company. Um, you can go watch his interviews on Bloomberg and CNBC. Incredibly sharp guy, super passionate, just gets it. Um, I've been watching a ton of his talks online, but this is one of the key things that I have um, in Peloton. And they're on this mission to democratize fitness for every single person. And so it seems like this really quirky, expensive $2,000 bike, but really Peloton is a company that's solving the problem of you're not working out as much as you want to. And that's a problem that every single human has, and they're going to keep innovating on new products and services to solve that uh, problem. And, and it's, I think it's a huge, huge opportunity. And so when I see an amazing product, a huge opportunity for growth and a CEO like this owner operator founder thing, that really makes me connect um, to the company. And so what are they going to do next? What is Peloton's next move? Are they just this bougie high end boutique fitness brand, which if they are, you know, I think they could justify the whole valuation of the company. That's fine. I think there's so much more in the works here. Um, in later, late last year, they bought a company called Magtonic or Tonic Fitness Technologies in Taiwan. This is one of their manufacturing partners that they bought out to have more control over their supply chain. If you go to their website, you can see what products that company Magtonic makes. One of them, besides a bike and a tread, is a blade, which is a rowing machine. There's a couple different startups that like have these at-home Peloton-esque rowing machines. So when we talk about what does Peloton do next, um, I think we are just scratching the surface of the different products they're about to launch. Um, I think they're going to launch a rowing machine. Um, and then they also are going to launch a lower cost treadmill. These have also been confirmed by rumors from Bloomberg. Um, but anyway, I wanted to sum this up in a much simpler chart here. Peloton's product roadmap. What is it? New products. They just launched the tread. There's still a huge backlog for that. They actually delayed orders from the tread because of this whole crisis going on. They can't install it because of the whole social distancing rules. But um, I think there's just getting started in terms of the rollout of the tread, which has a much bigger addressable market opportunity than the bike. And then I think we get a rowing machine in the future, which will have a small, maybe smaller addressable opportunity. But once 
once again, another adjacent product for you to have in that Peloton suite. They said they're going to launch or looking into a lower cost version of the treadmill on um, the sort of less luxury high end that'll open up that market much more. So what I'm talking about is new product categories, making the existing product categories cheaper. And then Peloton digital, that software layer, the more people that are using all these products, the more scale they have with their classes, the bigger their you know teachers can get, the more revenue opportunities they have. It's sort of this all-in-one encompassing ecosystem flywheel um, that we're seeing. And I just think they're super, super early in this. This seven-year company growing 100% with a billion dollar in revenue, tackling this this huge, huge problem. There has like, go, um, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Let's get into the financials. Um, just so, so I can put this all into context for you. But as you can see, this is what um, their guidance was for fiscal 20 before um, the whole crisis hit. So I this is probably totally out the window, but this is just to give you a flavor of what the company was looking like before then. Um, 1.54 billion in revenue. Um, I, I kind of estimated their loss based on their adjusted EBITDA guidance of about 250 million. But so when I think about buying, when I bought them six and a half, seven billion dollars for a company that's on pace to do 1.54 billion in revenue, that's like four, four and a half times sales for a 70% growth rate of a company that I think is a product leader or in a huge category that I think is just going to keep growing for years and years to come. I mean, this is a very fair price for what I would consider an excellent business. If you think there's huge growth left in this story, I think this is a bargain basement multiple. Um, if you think they can compound revenue at 40, 50% for a couple more years, which I think they easily can. And so maybe they're losing money now. This is just at a high level back the napkin. How big do I think this can get? What excites me? I put um, in fiscal 20X for the year because I don't know what year. It could be 24, 25, 26. I don't really care. Um, I'm assuming that in the long term, they launch a couple more products, they make things cheaper, they grow their digital. Um, at maturity, I think we can see a company that's doing 10 billion in revenue, 2 billion in profit, justify 20, 30, 40, 50 billion market cap. That's six to eight times upside um, on shares that I'm buying today with a three to four year, five year time horizon. So I think that to me, and I think, you know, what's the risk reward here? That's the last thing I want to get to is the risk, the biggest risk search on Amazon. There's like eight other bikes that are stationary workout bikes that you can all get that have four stars and up that are like one tenth the price of the Peloton bike. So this is why I'm not convinced. And I'm making this whole episode because I wanted to sh share with you the vision and bull case of Peloton. But I'm also, you know, not, I only have a tiny amount of stock. Um, I'm not like all in on this um, company because I think there's a lot of competition. Could this just be a fad? There's a lot of fads in the workout space. Um, definitely. And, you know, I just don't know how strong the mode is. But I think what keeps me coming back to this is I think they've they've sort of like found lightning in a bottle with this trifecta of you got the content, you got the super premium product, um, you have this community around it, you have they them having economies of scale with able to produce more cinematic content is something they said they want to get into um, that inspires you to get more out of your workouts. They're even talking about using data science to be like, oh, you have this fitness fluencer doing this class, doing this biking class. Why at minute 17 did everybody's output spike? What did the teacher do at that moment? I mean, this is a entirely new, what, what if you did three bike workouts and then the next day they're like, you need to do a strength day. Here's your workout. I mean, this is you, you you can become a personal trainer at scale. And I just think this is a crazy next level business that people don't realize. And, um, you know, humans, my, when we go back to my theory of like what humans are in society to super high level, we're monkeys, we're sitting at our computers working all day, not moving nearly as much as we should. It's not good for our bodies. I think this is a huge problem that's only going to get worse and worse as the digital economy continues to, to, to gain market share. So I think, Different ways for human to use technologies to get great workouts out of their body is a huge market. And I think people are going to invest more and more in this. Like I personally joined a gym this past year and like kind of expensive gym, wasn't sure about it. Everyone's like, God, that's so much money. Like, are you even going to use it? And it turned out to be the best investment I made. And I think this is a thing a lot of millennials are going to start realizing is that your fitness and your health. Sure. We're talking about a couple thousand bucks, but how much are you spending shopping on clothes that you don't need? 
on going out, on drinking, all this stuff, I think health is going to get a much bigger share of, of people's purchasing power. And I just see that trend. And I think a company that makes it easier for you to get more workouts in, to get people healthier, to get them stronger, that's a company I want to invest in. That's a future I believe in. More people with more products to get healthier. So, and I know it's just for super rich people now, but I think that will come down and that's just how technology works. But I think for the first time, Peloton is, they say they don't have a competitor on their conference calls, which is so ironic because you can Google Amazon and find 10 of them. But I think in some ways they're right. They don't have a competitor because nobody is, has realized this sort of ecosystem um, approach. So to put this in context, SoulCycle does uh, $34 for a single class, $3 shoe rentals, $2 water bottles. You've hit 39 a session. It's this joke article about SoulCycle. But just to put that in context, you know, you do three workouts a month, you're paying well over $100 for that SoulCycle, three, three workouts. The average Peloton Connected Fitness subscriber is doing 12 workouts a month for that same price or less, less money, 80, 90 bucks a month. So if you actually are serious about working out, you're going to get way, it's that the economics are actually so, so even if it just replaces that, I think the economics make a lot of sense. And think about this, that I think the classes are actually way better because if I want to take fitness classes, I can only walk to the best fitness classes that I want. It's at the time that it is. If it's Peloton, it, the workout's where I am. I can do any workout I want with any, you know, it's way more scalable. Yeah. And I can choose my instructor, someone who I like, like I have just way more optionality. And so then when you hear uh, them talk about, this was a really interesting thing. The CFO is saying, it's like, okay, look, look at the tread. Think about how many more dope classes we can do with the tread, you know, and this, it was some type of like strength training classes that you could do with the tread, like Barry's Boot Camp, which have way more locations than SoulCycle. Um, so that just shows you the popularity of potential classes on the tread or even bigger than potential popularity of classes on the bike. So I think there's huge, huge opportunity for this sort of like, it, it's like mass customization um, of boutique fitness. And what they say is like personalization to the masses. They also say boutique fitness is incredibly intimidating. You don't have to go to the class. That's the beauty of Peloton. You're not embarrassed, but it's still shot with a live class. So you still feel like you're part of the class and you get that community aspect. Um, and they also like say this thing, like what if you're in North Dakota, but you want to have a boutique fitness experience? There's no Barry Bootcamp. There's no Soul Cycle, Or if it is, it's super far away. This is a way um, that they sort of distribute that um, opportunity. So Kevin just brought up a really interesting point. These studios are built for you to actually not take classes, but for them to film content. And I do think they invite people who are like big fans to come and do the class while they film it. But that's not what these studios are for. These studios are really like studios in that like a Hollywood studio is built to produce content. Something they're talking about to get into next is yoga and strength classes. So I think Peloton is in the, they're as much of a content company as a hardware company. And then you have this bike and tread business, super, you know, dope luxury product. Okay. That's cool. But this whole stealth of Peloton digital, now we're going to offer these live yoga class vibes, strength classes. And they even said like, eventually you won't even need your gym membership because you can do yoga, you can do bike, you can do tread. We want to replace all of that um, with this encompassing, encompassing digital product. So to, en to end it, that, this is my wrap up of Peloton, and I'm also going to put out another video very shortly or either simultaneously about a crazy moonshot about Peloton. Um, but like the CFO and CEO says, they are a vertically integrated technology platform aiming to create the best experience for members in the world. They also add, we're growing rapidly in the very early innings of a very long growth curve, pretty massive opportunity. If you look at how many people in the fitness industry and pay hard money for fitness memberships, 190 million. So I think Peloton can dominate this high end niche of people paying for classes, um, become a 10, 20, $30 billion company. But I think there, there's an even bigger scope than that, which is launching more and more products, coming out with cheaper and cheaper hardware products, uh, really becoming the sort of apple of fitness, um, along with this digital offering, becoming doubling down as more and more of a content company. Um, and then you 
sort of have this trifecta ecosystem, which I think could have millions of customers and, you know, be worth, you know, 50 billion plus market capitalization um, and really being this like home fitness uh, company and brand that doesn't exist that ties together the, the internet video streaming content with this amazing premium workout, you know, bike or tread or, or pro whatever that product is. So huge potential, love the mission, love the management team. Um, I think they, they're in a category of their own. They invented this business model from scratch. People are going to try and copy it. There's going to be a lot of competition, but there's, they have like the je ne sais quoi of like an it brand that just has it figured out and is leading and everyone's chasing them. And that's why I'm a shareholder. And I just, I love fitness and health. And I think like, this is a trend that I see getting bigger and bigger that I want to invest, like me putting money in ways for, to make it easier to get people healthier and to get them working out more. Like that's a good thing. That's a great future. And so from that lens, I really like what, what Peloton is doing as well. So huge shout out to Peloton, happy shareholder, going to be making a bunch more content about the company. Peloton, please reply to my emails. I don't know what's going on. If you know somebody at Peloton, tell them to hit me back. Like let's get John Foley on here. Um, I hope this episode catches their attention. But anyway, this is Hyperchange. Go Peloton. Um, I'll see y'all next time. Uh, huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, producers, fun in the channel. Peace.